This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen. This is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. Hey everybody, uh, this is going to be a weird thing that we're going to do here today. This is going to be Kyle's, this is the fan script episode. So this is Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen before. But today, uh, instead of uh, having a comedian or a guest on, it's going to be fan script day. So you guys have submitted scripts. I have a lot, a lot, a lot sent in. Um, So we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but that is okay. I will have some on here. And then I will have a, a few more read up on the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash never seen it. So you can go check that out if you want. And, and here are some more fan scripts. Maybe yours is one of those. But we'll have a few on here. And here is the interesting caveat uh, the some will call probably a bad decision for today's episode. I have decided to uh, do this alone. I'm going to, to read all of the parts in multiple fan scripts. By myself. So this has never seen it uh, with Kyle Ayers and his guest himself alone in a room hoping that there's no construction outside. And here's here's some fan scripts. Uh, they, you know, they really don't need to make an intro. There's not much to do. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Never Seen It Show, so go find us there. We've got a bunch of merch up at kyleairs.com slash shop. I also have some stuff of my own up there. I appreciate that if you're into any of that stuff. It's pretty cheap. Uh, Like I said, the Patreon will have this up early. We have ad-free stuff up there. We have my new podcast is on there. And we also have the extended version of this episode up there as well. That's patreon.com slash never seen it. That's maybe the best way you can support me in the show is that, or you can buy my album, which is out now everywhere digital and there goes the construction digital vinyl anyways my album my debut stand-up album happiness is out everywhere now wherever you stream stuff as well as you can get a vinyl record of it blondemedicine.com that is the label and you can you can grab a vinyl uh record that i had made of that and i like the record i think it's nice it has a 12 page lyrics insert if you remember those uh every word i say on the album is transcribed out for you full color it is wonderful the record is super cool various colors get bonus stickers, all this sort of stuff. Anyways, patreon.com slash never seen it, kyleairs.com slash shot. I hope everyone has nice holidays. You know how to do this stuff. 
Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you if you wrote a script and sent it in and we do it. Thank you if you wrote a script and sent it in and we do not do it. I apologize, but thank you as well. Uh, we just, I have a lot of them and I'm going to try and get to six or seven of them between this and the Patreon. Thanks for listening. Um, find us online. You know all the stuff. You know how the intros go. I can't believe I'm doing this alone. Uh, maybe a poor decision looking back but we have committed uh so here we go this is this is never seen it i'm your host kyle Ayers. this is this is fan scripts holiday episode this is our last episode of the year uh but this is a fan script submitted by you guys re- read strictly only by me i'm gonna pause the recording now to open up a document uh we chose these fairly randomly so everyone sent them in we did a quick proofread for anything that was wildly offensive. We eliminated a suspicious amount of scripts from that. And we have a high bar. You know what I mean? It's hard to be offensive for this show. But some of you guys really went in. And you know what? You do what you gotta do. You do what you gotta do. Uh, but we narrowed it down. We had 20 or so scripts. And and sort of randomly plucked some out of there using a randomizing machine and uh, some some co-readers who gave them a, a re- once-over for me. And then we got some random ones. So these are all random out here. Our first script we're going to do is actually an uncut gems script. I don't know if I'm uh, allowed to be putting people's names. I'll just say Joe. Thank you. Joe has never seen uncut gems. And this is what he believes uncut gems to be. Here's the thing. I haven't uh, read some of these or even reread. So I might. Anyways. Joe has never seen Uncut Gems. Here is what Joe thinks Uncut Gems is. Written by Joe, becoming progressively more and more drunk while writing this, which is probably how the actual movie was written as well. Scene 1. Interior. Big Daddy's Jewelry. Big Daddy, Adam Sandler, is laughing hysterically as his buddy, Chris Farby, Kevin James, this is fun already, is doing a goofy dance while wearing a little coat. As a matter of fact, everyone in the shop is cracking up. None of them have ever seen something this funny in their entire lives, and nothing else will ever top it. They're all older Gen Xers, and this shit right here, this shit is fucking top-notch comedy to them. I really like this so far. Uh, eventually, Chris Farby tries, tires himself out and has to stop doing the dance, but that's okay because Kevin James prefers to get all the contractually obligatory Chris Farley-esque shit out of the way as soon as possible. Chris Farby, pretty close. Okay, here we go. Big Daddy. Hell yeah, Chris. I'm in tears over here. You know how to, you really know how to cheer me up. Reliving a little, relieving. I'm not doing a good job. I'm going to run that back. Big Daddy. Hell yeah, Chris. I'm in tears over here. You really know how to cheer me up, relieving a little bit of stress I've been putting myself under. Chris Farby, he's wheezing. Yeah, no problem, boss. Anything for my good, good friend who I will look down on proudly when I eventually die, I promise. Anyways, what got you so stressed? Big Daddy's smile fades as he starts nervously playing with the gold chain around his neck. He's dressed like those drunk strangers you'd meet at a baseball game when you were a kid who would sit near your family and yell out jokes you wouldn't understand before eventually dry-humping the lady he was with and your mom would make you look away. Big Daddy, I'm in over my head with this one, man. Oh, no. What is it? Hockey? Basketball? Horses? Come on, man. You gotta give me some credit. I haven't bet on a horse fight since that whole Mr. Hands thing. Chris, okay, then. What is it? Big Daddy. The Bourbon Bowl. And... 
That sounds like a pretty safe one, Big Daddy. Everyone knows the Cougars are going to take that W easy. Big Daddy, I bet on the Mud Dogs. Chris Farby does a spit take, despite not having any beverage anywhere in the shop. Are you freaking kidding me? How much? Big Daddy. My kid. Chris, after another spit take. Frankenstein? I see what's happening here. I see what's happening. Here we go. They both glance over. You know what? Why didn't I notice when his name was Big Daddy? How did it take me this far in to see you anyways? They both glance over at the door leading into Big Daddy's back office, which is slightly ajar. In the office, they see Big Daddy's kid, played by a 28-year-old Dylan or Cole Sprouse, d- despite the character looking like being like six or something. He is sucking his thumb and sees two adults looking back at him. He waves excitedly. Chris, oh man, this is bad. Does the wife know? No. But hey, the Mud Dog's got a new guy, the linebacker, Bobby Boucher or whatever. He's like a goddamn miracle on the field. I I guess you gotta keep your mind on the optimistic side, huh? Good thing it's just the kid and not your whole shop, Big Daddy. Oh yeah, I put the shop on it too. Chris Farby does another (laughs) spit take. Scene two, interior, some kind of dark and wet dungeon. Think Casino Royale torture scene. That is specific. But think about that when you're envisioning this. If you're envisioning this, if you haven't turned this episode off when I told you I was doing it all on my own. A group of men in suits are standing around a slouched and nude man who is tied to a chair. The men in suits are clearly gangsters of some sort because they're suits and hair, I guess. The nude man is breathing painfully. He is bruised and bloody. In this scene, we have gangster one, man in chair, gangster two, and and, and that seems to be it. Here we go. Gangster one. Do you get the picture yet, kid? You're either going to throw the game or you're not going to be in any shape to play, understand? Man in chair. Oh, I got to do a water boy. My mama said said, this feels offensive, even though it's an impression of the water boy. Quitters ain't getting no into heaven because they can't climb Jacob's ladder. Well, then what does your mama want? Well, then does your mama want to have a nutless son? A third gangster produces a pair of pliers from his pocket and hands them to gangster one. You're not going to be able to play ball very well without a, with a freshly broken sack and also no balls. Damn it. If I could have thought something cooler than that, that would have been tight. Shit. Gangster one shrugs and gets to work on Bobby Boucher's testicles. This has taken a turn. The special needs boys screams are so I guess he was. Yeah, for sure. Now that I think about the water boy, of course he was. Screams are so loud that they wake up a strange, crazy-eyed man, Steve Buscemi, far away in a small town in New Hampshire. The dungeon's floor is flooded with the blood of the Mud Dog star linebacker. Good God. Scene three, interior, a sports bar. Big Daddy is staring up at the TV hanging over the bar. His mouth is open and there is visible fear in his eyes. It's the fourth quarter with 10 seconds to go in the Bourbon Bowl. All hope is lost. However... As the Mud Dogs haven't scored a single touchdown or field goal. The final buzzer rings and the game ends. Everyone around him in the bar is celebrating in slow motion. He's sitting perfectly still, horrified. A single tear runs down his face. Someone taps him on the shoulder. It's uh, Lorne Michaels. It's time to pay up, old friend. Where's the kid? I'll need the keys to the shop, too. Big Daddy spins around in his seat and throws a punch at the creator of Saturday Night Live. Lorne Michaels ducks, evading the punch, and pulls out a switchblade. He buries it deep in Big Daddy's gut. You're next. Oh, this is Lorne Michaels looking directly into the camera. You're next, Chevy. That's funny. (laughs) What is going on? Um, Scene four, interior, a bedroom. 
An alarm clock starts going off, and a hand reaches out from under the blankets to deactivate it. A woman, Drew Barrymore, looks up. She sits up. She looks confused. She picks up a framed photo that is sitting on a bedside table. It depicts her standing with a middle-aged man and a 20-something six-year-old. She doesn't recognize either of these people. She shrugs and puts the photo back on the table, face down, before getting up in the morning, getting up to take her morning shit in an entirely empty house. The end. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a side of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Okay, Joe. Um, I mean, yeah. It. I don't know. I've. I like uncut gems. I don't. This isn't quite it, but uh, I see what we did here with the Adam Sandler movies, and uh, I think that last one's Fifty First Dates. I don't know. I have not seen it. It is weird to jam pack Adam Sandler stuff in that closely. You start to. Uh, I don't know. It's a little overwhelming to think about, but. Maybe now the ten- the the discomfort I feel having had to do that alone is similar to when I saw Uncut Gems, so that feels appropriate, and that's I guess what I can say. That feels appropriate. Um, all right, that feels appropriate. Appropriately discomfortable. Discomfortable is not a word. I am spiraling into K- into my- the inside of my head doing this alone. This feels crazy. Who? How do people do a podcast alone? What do you... It's like worse than a Zoom show. It's crazy. All right. The next one we're going to do... Thank you, Joe, for having never seen Uncut Gems and letting us know what you think it is. Um, the next one we're going to do... Let's go ahead and do Veep. This feels like it's going to be... This is written by Taylor. Um, I, it feels like it's going to be vulgar, and I'm going to have a hard time doing voices. But I'm just not good at voices. This was probably a bad choice. Uh, Taylor has never seen Veep. um, And this is what they believe it was. Here we go. All right. Veep, based on a few minutes of Seinfeld that I've seen, but not really. Written by Taylor. Last name redacted. Interior, the White House Oval Office, day. Julia Louise Dreyfus sits at the Oval Office desk. She is the President of the United States of America. She's on the phone. I don't care what you have to do. Get it done. I already messed up. Zero lines in. Here we go. She's on the phone. I don't care what you have to do to get it done. Just do it. She hangs up the phone and sighs. There's a knock at the door. Come in. Kramer enters. Oh, Mr. President, I... What did you just call me? Oh, I'm so sorry. Dr. President. 
That's better. Go on. That's a really funny joke. Kramer stands in the doorway, shy and sheepish, like a child who has just pissed their pants on their birthday. Dr. President, I'm, I'm afraid I have some bad news. Julia sighs. I think I already know what it is. Julia doesn't really know. She just wants to impress him with her power and mystery. She turns away for dramatic effect, looking out of the Oval Office window onto the White House lawn. And details. Kramer hesitates, picking at the paint on the doorframe. He is terrified. That's funny, too, to have him picking at the doorframe. Spit it out, you fucking moron! Uh, no soup. Julia turns to face Kramer. For you. Julia's breath catches in her throat and sits back at the Oval Office, and she sits back at the Oval Office desk and puts her face in her hands, defeated. It's worse now than I thought. Get George in here now. Kramer runs out of the Oval Office. George Costanza knocks on the office door. We've got another uh, mashup happening here. Here we go. George enters the room. George Costanza knocks on the office door. Just come in, stupid. Why the fuck is everyone knocking? George enters the room. He's already sweating, his bald head glistening in the fluorescent lights. You needed me, Dr. President? It happened again. No. Oh, yes. This is it, George. We have to make a stand. Let's walk, call Jerry, and have him at the front with the car. I need all of you on this. Am I, am I walking or calling Jerry? Do both. What the fuck is wrong with you? Julia speed walks past George into the White House halls with George following close behind. Julia snaps her fingers at Kramer, who follows too. That's a good veep detail, gathering everybody like that. Jerry is waiting at the entrance of the White House. He opens the door. He opens the car door for Julia, and they all pile into the back seat. What's all the hubbub? I can't do a Seinfeld, and that felt ridiculous. He's, he's at it again. No soup. I've had it with this guy. This ends today. Well, what's the plan? I didn't become the president by having a fucking plan, Jerry. We're go- just going to go in there, balls to the wall, and see what happens. Kramer has now actually pissed his pants. The car is speeding through the streets of Washington, D.C. This is fun. This is a fun one. I'm having a nice time. Very lonely. Exterior. Corner store deli somewhere in D.C. later. A small corner deli is half filled with the remaining customers from the lunch rush. Servers and kitchen staff are working quietly while the soup Nazi... This feels like a Kramer or uh, Seinfeld reference. I hope. Or if not, that's a bold character name. It's literally bold in the script, but also to choose that on your own is... If that's not from Seinfeld. Weird choice. Anyways, the soup Nazi oversees and gives orders to his staff. All is well after another busy afternoon until Julia kicks the door to the corner store deli off its fucking hinges. All eyes are on her as pieces of wood spray everywhere like shrapnel. Behind her stand Jerry, George, and a piss-soaked Kramer. The soup Nazi. Oh, shit! Hey, motherfucker, where's my soup? Soup Nazi retreats to the kitchen, trying to escape the wrath of Dr. President Julia Louis Dreyfus. Julia runs into the deli and leaps over the counter after him. There's a deli customer. Who is that, the president? She bursts through the swinging doors of the kitchen to see Soup Nazi exiting through the back door. She sprints behind him and through the door to find Soup Nazi pinned to the ground by Jerry, George, and Kramer, GJK. Kramer lifts Soup Nazi up from the ground, holding his arms behind his back. How many times are we going to have to do this, Soup? I just told you, I'll, I'll, I'll get your soup. You just, I need more time, please. 
I've given you all the time you need, pal, and I'm at my fucking wit's end with you and your bullshit. Julia nods her head to Jerry, who swiftly punches him in the stomach. A little bit of chicken noodle soup spills out of his mouth. Julia continued, I see you've got soup for yourself, but none for me. What's the deal, soup? Where is my soup? What is this an episode of Seinfeld with all this soup? Jerry lands another punch. More soup spills out. This time it's tomato bisque. Soup Nazi. Please, please just give me some more time, Dr. President. I just need more time. Julia, we've given you plenty of time. It's over, pal. I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to get it straight from the supplier. Who's your supplier? Soup Nazi. Please don't make me do this. I got a family. You know what he'll do to me if I rat him out. Julia pauses and leans into Soup Nazi's face. You think I give a fuck about you or your family? I just need what's rightfully mine. Just tell us who your supplier is. Enough games. Jerry reels back from another for another powerful blow to the stomach, but Soup Nazi cuts him off before he the hit lands. It's Newman! It's Newman, okay? Please! Julia chuckles to herself, clearly satisfied. He set up his old headquarters at the old post office a few blocks from here. I'm sure he's there now. Julia, see, that wasn't too hard, was it? Kramer lets go of Soup Nazi. He falls... To his hands and knees, Dr. President Julia puts on a pair of super cool sunglasses, and the rest of the cast of Seinfeld follow, fade to black. Um, okay. Well, uh, you know, there wasn't as much cursing as in Veep, but other than that, you know, it's fast-paced, uh, people running around, a little bit of violence, Felt pretty appropriate. Maybe my favorite uh, comedy show, Veep. Seinfeld I'm not super familiar with. What happens in that? I feel like I've definitely heard Soup Nazi. That feels like Seinfeld. Um, all right. Maybe one or maybe two more. Let's see what we have here. All right, we're going to do this. I was hesitant, but then I read the full title. Um... We're going to do one called, I can't, I cannot believe um, I'm doing this. This is Sophie's Choice. Jason has never seen Sophie's Choice. Uh, okay. I mean, that's, you know, maybe he's seen every other movie and that's why we're here. It's a bold move, but I, I wasn't going to do it. Then I read the tagline. It says, Sophie's Choice, based on what I thought Sophie's Choice was about before learning it was a Holocaust movie. So, uh, mm, okay, Jason. He okay. If this if this cuts out, it's because this got bad and slipped through the cracks. But all right, Jason has never seen Sophie's Choice based on what I thought Sophie's Choice was before learning it was a Holocaust movie. In interior Sophie's bedroom, night. The camera pans through the room while Manic Monday by the Bangles uh, uh, plays in the background. We see pink wall covered. We see a pink wall covered with posters of teenage heartthrobs like Christian Slater, Patrick Swayze, and Leslie Nielsen. Hubba, hubba. We see her desk, which has an open notebook where Sophie has practiced signing her name. On one page, it says Mrs. Sophie Fitzgerald. On the other page, Mrs. Sophie Viper. V Y P. ER. The camera then pans to a pink rotary phone. This is hilarious that this is like a John Hughes thing. We follow the cord to find Sophie, played by Molly Ringwald, gabbing on the phone with her friend. Sophie, 
I don't know what I'm going to do, Janet. Jerry is so nice, and he's the captain of the football team, but Viper is so mysterious and cool, and he scares me in a way that for some reason makes me interested in him even more. Cut to Janet's room, which looks exactly like Sophie's room. Janet's hair is in curlers, and she's filing her nails while smoking a cigarette and chewing gum simultaneously somehow. That's that's really funny detail. Uh, she looks like she's at least 10 years older than Sophie. Janet, well, you're going to have to choose one of them eventually, Soph. Cut back to Sophie's room. I know, I know. Sophie is interrupted by tapping on the window. Hold on, Janet. I'll call you right back. Sophie hangs up the phone and goes to the window. We hear cheap tricks, I want you to want me, live version. That's fun. Playing from outside. Sophie draws the curtains to see Jerry standing outside her window, wearing his letterman jacket and holding a very heavy boombox over his head. This dude's a freaking Adonis. He switches to one hand and pulls a crumpled up piece of paper from his jacket pocket and begins to read, still holding the boombox above his head. This thing's got to weigh at least 100 pounds. Jerry, Sophie, I love you with every fiber of my being. Jerry starts doing squats. Every moment of you is with you is pure ex- ecstasy jerry looks at his at specs his nerdy friend that wrote the speech and is hiding in the bushes providing moral support specs gives jerry a thumbs up that's funny jerry starts doing burpees still holding the boom box and every moment without you is pretty freaking sucky jerry starts doing that thing where you swing ropes up and down taking a break to drink a protein shake um Jerry, Sophie, my love, will you marry me? Sophie, what was that? I, I I can't hear you. Your music is too loud. Babe, I can't hear you. The music is too loud. After a couple minutes of trying to communicate over cheap trick, Jerry realizes he needs to turn the music down. I said, will you? M-? Jerry is interrupted by the sound of a motorcycle revving its engine. The camera cuts to a low shot of the motorcycle from a low angle, and then to the motorcycle boots, then to the back of a leather vest that says Viper, V-Y-P-E-R. The bike pulls up onto the lawn and starts doing donuts. After about five minutes of tearing up the lawn that Sophie's dad worked very hard on haggling the neighbor kid from a dollar to mow to having to work. Hold on. After about five minutes of tearing up the lawn that Sophie's dad worked very hard on haggling the neighbor kid from a dollar for a mow to having him work for experience, Viper stops and gets off his bike. I don't know what to tell you. He looks like a guy that named himself Viper. Viper. Sophie, I love you with every fiber of my being. Every moment with you is pure ecstasy. Viper looks over at his nerdy friend, Gleek, who wrote his speech and is hiding in the bushes adjacent to Specs. Gleek, which is, that's a ridiculous, that's, Gleek? That the thing you, sh- that's like when you shoot water out under your tongue, isn't it? Anyways, Gleek throws up the devil horns. That's funny. Gleek and Specs make eye contact with each other, and you know the next AV club meeting is going to be tense viper and every moment with you is pretty freaking sucky sophie my love will you marry me sophie what was that i can't hear you over the sound of your motorcycle they do this again for a couple minutes and eventually viper turns off his bike viper wait a second what's Fitzgerald doing here cut to jerry doing sit-ups with a medicine ball what am i doing here what are you this now actually just is seinfeld what are you doing here viper i'm sophie's boyfriend we went to prom together and everything that's impossible. I'm her boyfriend. She spent prom with me. Then they both say, what the hell, Sophie? Sophie. Well, you see, I've had such a good time dating both of you this year that when you both asked me to prom, I couldn't choose between the two of you. So I decided to go with both of you and say that I had to go to the bathroom when I want to spend time with the other one. 
So you you told me you had IBS. I lied. Well, I, I guess we're going to have to fight for you then. Sensei Todd trained me for this moment. Viper pulls out a katana. Jesus Christ. And charges Jerry with several deft strokes to the torso. However, the Asian gift store in the mall didn't tell him that their merchandise is purely ornamental and not built for actual combat, and his attacks are about as effective as a toddler punching a grown man. Jerry looks down at Viper and punches him once in the face. It hits like a sledgehammer and knocks out several teeth that would have been lost to meth in a couple of years anyways. Jerry then kicks Viper in the nards, I'm pretty sure that's balls, causing him to throw up. Once Viper wipes the spit off his face, Jerry lifts him up above his head, which isn't that hard. Viper probably weighs less than a boombox and breaks his back over his knee like Bane breaking Batman Viper lays in a pool of bile and blood and begins to chuckle to himself I know I can never possibly beat you but I do have one last trick up my sleeve Sophie if you won't be my girlfriend I'll kill myself Jesus Viper pulls out his katana again two can play at that game skid Sophie if you won't go out with me then I'll kill myself you have to choose Sophie I I can't Viper you have to. Sophie looks at Viper and then at Jerry and then back at Viper. Fine, I choose Jerry. Jerry, yes! Viper, wait, what? I chose Jerry. He's obviously the better choice. He's better looking. He has a future as a professional football player and he doesn't cook meth. Cool. Jerry reaches up into the second story window and grabs Sophie, carrying her to his car and drives away. Viper takes his katana and tries to, to do support seppuku i'm not sure how to say that because of the dullness of the sword it takes a really long time and he dies everyone's got crazy words in this Igno- ignominiously yeah credits several moments later sophie's dad walks out the front door amongst the carnage of the night's events sophie's dad he sounds like jerry what the hell happened to my lawn fade to black then it says sophie's dad will return in the avengers What's up, folks? Uh, Taking an ad out on my own podcast just so I can let you know about, uh, once again, these upcoming dates I have for my Hard to Say show. March 22nd, I'm in Denver. March 24th, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. And March 27th, Fort Collins, Colorado. If you're there, if you know anyone there, it would mean the world to me if you let people know about this. Uh, I'm going to be doing more shows as well. Seattle, Portland, Santa Cruz, Bay Area. Look out for that. But if, if you could please let people know, the 22nd, 24th, and 27th, I'm going to be in Denver, Boulder, and Fort Collins doing comedy about my experience living with trigeminal neuralgia, uh, a.k.a. suicide disease. This is a show I've been working out uh, for a while that, that has been extremely fulfilling and uh, wonderful, uh, you know, despite not being good feeling physically. Um you know, I know I harp about it a lot and all this stuff going on with my medical situation. This has been sort of my coping and my reason for continuing. So I have, uh, uh, I'm excited to finally do it somewhere else other than Los Angeles. So please, if you're in Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins, go to kyleayers.com slash shows, K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S.com slash shows. Uh, I have a mailing list you can sign up for there as well. It'll let you know when I'm in your area. That's the best stuff you could do to possibly support me would be that sort of thing there. Thank you very much. Um, I hope this was a, I hope I uploaded this ad properly to my own show. 
Um, well, not, I uh, no. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, it's definitely more of a Holocaust movie than, uh, John Hughes movie, but you kind of nailed it with like a John Hughes sitcom thing. And that was really fun. But the actual Sophie's choice, um, isn't quite like that. Right? Sophie is like a Holocaust survivor. We see flashbacks. But that, you know, there could have been a boombox. Maybe I didn't watch closely enough. Maybe I'll give it a rewatch. All right. Okay. Um, this is 28 minutes long, and it's just me. So I'm going to do one more on here. And then record some other ones for the Patreon. Thank you for listening. I feel crazy uh i got a big pile here though that i want to do so maybe we'll got to do another one of these let's do all right we'll pick one here rant a hostel this is by bill bill has never seen hostel uh if you listen to this frequently you know i'm not a fan of movies like hostel in fact i call hostel a genre of movie it's sort of like gore porn bill has never seen hostel hostel by bill it's potentially not not what hostel is I love that sentence. That's the cover page sentence. It's potentially not not what Hostel is. Here we go. Bill has never seen Hostel. Am I rushing through these? No, it's 30 minutes and I'm alone. Interior, Hostel. All right, good start. Evening. Scooter and Phoebus. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I like Phoebus. To- Scooter, <laughs> Scooter and Phoebus, two totally relatable 20-somethings. Check into a hostel. The walls are covered with blood and dirt. No one appears phased by this. Scooter, hi, uh, we would like to check in. Hotel clerk hisses. For two? Scooter, yes. Hotel clerk, I'll look for the keys. He's evil. You can tell by my voice. The hostel clerk searches through a pile of severed limbs. They find the keys covered in blood and skin and hands them to Scooter. Hostel clerk, 13th floor. Thunder crashes and dun-dun-dun. Music sounds. Scooter. Thanks, Phoebus. There's there's a 13th floor? Why is Jerry Seinfeld in this one, too? Oh, well. Don't most places skip that floor? Hostel clerk. Most places aren't hostels. Okay. Is there an elevator? Yes, but it only goes down. It's a hell of a drop. <laughs> Scooter and Phoebus head to the stairs. Scooter. This is still one of the better hostels around. It has a two-star Yelp review. Interior, 13th floor hallway, evening. Every other room is a crime scene. The other rooms are either orgies or drug dens. Scooter and Phoebus arrive at their room. There's no door. Paramedics carry out a body bag. This is not a judgment. All participating parties seem totally cool with their situations. Paramedic 1. Perfect timing. We just cleaned the room. Why does our room smell? We just threw bleach over everything until it seemed clean. Enjoy. Interior. Room. Evening. Scooter and Phoebus enter the room. The room has two sets of bunk beds. They have a roommate, Gunther. Gunther is dressed like a surgeon covered in blood splotches. He unpacks his duffel bag, which are a a series of rusty medical tools. Medical may have been a strong word. Scooter. Oh, I... I didn't know we had a roommate. This is, here's Gunther, the roommate. You have several. 
15 other people poked their heads out of four beds. That's funny, like visual, like an old cartoon. Where are we supposed to sleep? Don't worry. I'll make room. Fade to. Fade to. Interesting. Interior room later. Phoebus stirs awake. He discovers he is strapped to his bed. He looks down and sees Gunther sawing off his leg. Dude, stop. You weren't supposed to be up yet. What the hell are you doing? I don't have an answer to that. I haven't asked you why you're here. This is just... I mean, I haven't asked you why you're here. This is just what I do. You're sawing off my leg. I said I wasn't done yet. Phoebus, this is Scooter. Phoebus, shut up. I'm trying to sleep. To Phoebus's horror, he sees Scooter has been cut to pieces and sewn together onto different body parts. Phoebus, my God, Scooter, look at yourself. Scooter, we're paying $7 for the week to get to stay here. We get what we get. This is the worst. Gunther, hey, that's only one opinion. From my side of things, this is a great night. Fade to a one and a half star Yelp review. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Did they go to a hostel and it just sucked? Is that what hostel is about? Who knows? I don't know. This, okay, I feel crazy. I feel happy about this. Um, so, sort of, I guess. I hope everyone has a happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah is going on uh, right now as we do this. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas. It's a week from tomorrow when this comes out. Uh, just happy, happy Kwanzaa, I believe, is a week from Saturday when this comes out. All the holidays. Um, or none of them. I don't know. I hope everyone is safe and happy. I feel tired. But I think this was fun. Those are fun scripts. Those are four good scripts. Find us on Patreon. I'm going to be doing more and putting them up there. Patreon.com slash never seen it. Please go there and check that out. It, it helps me out a ton. Uh, and it's not too expensive. You could do that. Patreon.com slash never seen it. Got merch at kyleyers.com slash shop. Got my album out. Instagram, Twitter, all that jazz. I hope everyone has a nice holiday we're going to be doing more game nights that was really 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 fun so find us on discord at fart.kyleairs.com if you want it's super easy to use if you never use discord just hop in and i uh, post them in there and if you're on the patreon you get discounted first shot at tickets to play the games at the game nights patreon.com slash never seen it um thank you thanks for sending in scripts we're always taking them never seen it show at gmail.com i got a bunch more i want to do those are gonna be on the patreon um thank you guys so much this was very fun i had fun i hope you have fun listening to me not be able to do any voices thanks for listening a podcast network